Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. This week, we interview Tyler Jensen with Wolf Automation. Tyler is a merchant and a Magento Association Membership Committee member. We talk about Adobe Commerce and some of the pitfalls that merchants can fall into, especially around modules. Tyler tells us about his ideas for a merchant hackathon, and Brent hopefully will make it happen sometime in the near future. We talk about the Hoofa theme, and we pronounce it correctly, we think. We also talk about how the theme can do better on documentation, especially around bringing developers into theming. Tyler mentions that the theme will be so successful that Willem is going to get tired of answering so many questions, so why not document them all? We close things out with some great merchant advice for anyone on Magento Open Source or Adobe Commerce. Tyler is a system architect with Wolf Automation, a leading supplier of industrial automation equipment. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Otter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this special merchant edition of Talk Commerce. Talk Commerce. I won't do any more effects than that. Uh, uh, today I have Tyler Jensen. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do and maybe one of your passions in life. Uh, my name is Tyler Jensen. I'm the system architect at Wolf Automation. Um, I handle um, all the upgrades for our Magento site. Um, all the new extensions, the front end work. Um, and I'd say one of my passions is uh, working with my dog. I have a Newfoundland that I like doing some, some training work with. 
Oh, great. Yeah. So I also have a new dog. It's the opposite size of a Newfoundland. It's a, it's a Jack Russell, uh, but it is very trainable. Let's just say he's super smart. Um, and we have a lab as well. So we're, we have, it sounds like if we were to get the, a dog party together, we have all three sizes that we could represent. <laughs> yep. Um, and I can yep. say that I, we have an 11 year old lab hound mix and a five month old Jack Russell. And the Jack Russell is completely in love with the lab. It cannot get enough of this dog. The dog is so annoyed with this puppy that it just wants to go into another room and lay down anyways. But today the podcast is not about dogs. Maybe we should have made the talk commerce edition dogs. I'd be in. Then we'll have to have a cat version. Anyways, it'll get really complicated. Um, I thought today we could talk about commerce and even Magento. Um, so uh, just to let some of our listeners know, we're both on the membership committee for Meet Magento. Yep. And um, tell us a little bit about your experience with Meet Magento. Or wait, Magento Association, I should say. So I'm just starting to get involved um it's my first committee um and i've really enjoyed it so far uh it's learning i'm learning quite a bit about some of the agencies i've never worked with one so it's interesting seeing things from their point of view um and not not from a sales pitch. I've had plenty of agency sales pitches, but this is, it's a little bit different. Um, so I'm trying to, uh, that the Magento community, at least in my eyes, has always done a great job with developers. Um, and I'd like to, I'm just trying to get some more merchants involved. So hopefully on that committee, get a merchant perspective. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I have, uh, we've, we, uh, so my role at Magento, we put on a number of events and we put on a Meet Magento event in India and in Mexico. And then we do a non Meet Magento event, but it's Magento in Texas. And we've done that since 2017. Uh, so, and the struggle has always been getting merchants involved. Mm -hmm. And I think the stigma around Magento and the event we did originally was called Mage Titans which was a developer only event. So for me, it was always difficult to get non-developers, project managers and designers involved. And in that particular event, it was difficult to get merchants involved. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm with you on your challenge to get merchants involved. And I would love to get more merchants involved in our community. Cause I think our community is incredibly strong uh, and needs more merchants to, that can advocate for what's happening within Magento. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, and hopefully Adobe hears some of that as well, uh, that the business to business module, there's a few tweaks that I'd love for them to make. Um, but you need, you need merchant input for that. So hopefully um, they've done a lot of great stuff recently. I uh, was a little hesitant with that acquisition, but it's, I can confidently say that the upgrades I've been doing on Magento 
go much smoother now than they did pre the Adobe acquisition. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great news. Um, for those of you listening who are on Magento, Adobe Commerce or Magento Open Source, the pain has always been around the path on upgrading and should I do it now or wait and how much time and time always equals dollars or pounds or pesos or whatever currency you're trading in, that time always equals something. And it's amazing sometimes how some of how much time some of these upgrades did take to complete. Uh, so um, maybe give us a little bit of your experience around uh, upgrades. Where did you start on Magento? Like which version? We were originally on 1.9 and then I upgraded us to 2.1. Um, so I did all that work and at 2.1 was tough. Um, almost every minor version upgrade broke something. Um, and reading online, I started second guessing the decision to go with Magento too. Um, but it was probably around 2.3 where all of a sudden it wasn't too bad. There was things here and there, but it was more with uh, different vendors and um, extensions than it was with the Magento platform. And 2.4 has been even better. Um, it The amount of tickets I had to submit on 2.1 compared to, I don't think I've submitted one on 2.4. So that's really nice to, to have. Yeah, and and uh, you know, full disclosure, we are an agency, and you should go with us. So not to give you a sales, I, that's a joke. Come on, everybody knows that I have to throw at least one joke in. But I do have com regular conversations with the core team, and I know their goal always is how to make upgrades less uh, painful for the merchant and the end user, and of course for the developer and the agency. And um, I'm glad that there's there's been this process in in which upgrades are less painful. And there is an upgrade tool uh, that is that that sort of pre helps you. It's I think it's in beta. I'm not sure if it's live yet, but there isn't a tool that you can use to assess your upgrade, uh, which is has been uh, an interesting experiment in things and how to make things easier. Yep. So, so go, coming back uh, then to the Magento community itself, because there isn't a lot of merchants in the community. What drew you to, uh, to be not just a merchant running Magento, but a merchant running Magento who's interested in the broader community? Uh, there's things that I saw where I could tell there were some really smart developers involved who may not have um, as much business experience. Um, one of the, to me, that like uh, going back to that business to business module, um, we sell, I'd say over 90% of our stuff to businesses. It might be 95%. Almost every large business that we sell to has their own UPS collect number. That's um, 
or FedEx or whoever they use, they have their own shipping rates because of their size. That's something that Magento could have, I feel, put in relatively easy as a shipping method. Um, we were able to do it using some order attributes and an extension, and it, it works. But that's, uh, that's something I think that they could have done really easily. Um, that current module is very, it's got a lot with approvals and controlling who can buy what. And we haven't really had that come up much, but that freight collect, that is, that's a big one. Um, so it was little stuff like that where I'm like, I think I, it's easy to sit around and complain about things not being done. Um, but if you want some things to change, being involved is, is the way to do that. And I think what you're talking about is when somebody ships to a vendor or when you have a customer who's you're shipping to, you use their FedEx or UPS yep. number instead of your own for the charge of that shipping, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, you know, I think um, uh, the, the previous person who was in charge of B2B, I know that he had a big, he had a big plate uh, and a lot of items to cover and uh, you know, I, I actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure how they get feature requests in. I know there's a, so for some other platforms, there's a board that says, Hey, I'd love this feature. And then they vote on those features. I should check and see if that's available. Do you know if something like that's available when you say, Hey, I'd love to see this feature. Not that I've seen. Yeah. That's a I really good one for Magento. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, even on HubSpot there, there's a community that says, I'd like this thing and then they upvote it. And uh, mm -hmm. we, we used to use a project management tool called Codebase, same type of thing where I'd rally, we had 50 employees at the time. I get every one of our employees to vote on it. <laughs> don't, we're not using them anymore. So you don't have, that doesn't matter, but <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I think, uh, well, I think the other thing that you've pointed out is that Magento gives you the ability to make it and it sounds like you did that feature without a lot of custom coding. Right. I can do, um, I'm pretty comfortable front end and I can do the basics of back end. Um, but something I've learned in the past is the more custom code you have, the more well, it's the upgrades, the more problems you can potentially have. Um, and there's things like uh, we use Avalara for taxes. And they are very specific on how your checkout has to, has to work and has to be laid out for it to function correctly. Um, and so I, I try to avoid custom code and stick to a few extensions Magento does most of what we need out of the box. Um, there's a few things I'd like to add, but we, um, we do pretty well with minimal custom code. I've had to do a few things, but not much. Yeah, and I think the reality of the situation there is that if you wanted that thing to be custom on a SaaS platform, you would have to build it as an external uh, service and then have it talk via the APIs to that service and even on upgrades for the SaaS, that's going to happen without your control. 
you could potentially break your external service because they've upgraded something that's not either not backwards compatible or something happened in the in that API that would cause that to fail. Um, uh, in and I think your approach too to having as little customizations within the code itself is is a great approach and more. I'm going to say more agencies need to take that approach on Magento and see the Magento platform in, in itself as API first. And you could build an extension that resides with Magento, but communicates primarily through APIs. And then your upgrades are going to be much less painless. Yeah, but Magento too has the ability to, to really do almost anything. Uh, if you want to customize it, but I just don't think it needs to be customized in a lot of cases. Um, I don't know. Um, I know on some of your previous podcasts, you've talked about solution specialists and, and maximizing the, the use of Magento before you start doing custom code. And I think that's really important because it, it saves a lot of money and it, headaches down the road as well. Uh, in your day-to-day -day role, do you get a lot of business requests from your leadership that says, we would like to do this feature. Can, can we just do this? Or even worse, I don't see, I don't mean to say even worse. I found this extension. Let's just add this. <laughs> Not too much. Um, we, uh, my boss and I handle uh, almost every feature on the website and no, that luckily hasn't came up too much for us. Um, we've had a few ideas that we had, to, um, kind of deny, but for the most part, not too bad. The, some of what, one of the ones that we struggle with right now is, uh, how to handle um, custom pricing. And I'm trying to figure out how to use shared catalogs for that because I really don't want to do anything custom, but I'm, I may have to do something custom there. That's the current one that's just kind of sitting there staring at me. Yeah, and we we don't we don't want to get into a bunch of technical details on this podcast. And I'll <laughs> I'll hand out your phone number to all twenty seven agencies so they can call you. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, certainly there's a lot of different ways to accomplish things on Magento. And the challenge is always how many how much can we accomplish with the, with the least amount of custom programming work, mm -hmm. uh, which will give us the most benefit for upgradability. And I think that what we've experienced, especially coming from M1 to M2, is the least, the, the, the fewer technical uh, or the fewer extensions that you have and that customizations that has to be recreated in Magento 2, the number one, the, the, the lower the cost of your migration from M1 to M2, but that directly translates into your day-to-day -day running costs of how much it's going to cost over time when doing those upgrades. And then I think yeah. the final piece of that puzzle is number one, if you're doing that work yourself, 
you're sort of stuck in in having something that isn't used by anybody else that you have to maintain. Uh, but if you're using somebody else, then if that person goes away and you're using some third party that's a niche solution and they stop working on it, now you're stuck maintaining that code. Yep. Yeah, um, I've that a few times. Yeah. So let's let's kind of move back to uh, the Magento Association and uh, and your role and and maybe about Meet. Have you been to Meet uh, Meet Magento? I haven't. I would so, like to though. Yeah, and I know we we talked a little bit about Meet Magentos in the U.S. and right now the only one that happens is New York. Um, and I don't know if they're doing it in person this year. Obviously, last year was was virtual. Um, and you did ask about why isn't there a Meet Magento Midwest? Uh, why isn't there a Meet Magento somewhere else? Um, that's a great question. And, and personally, I don't have an answer for you. I know they, they, uh, they try to keep it somewhat exclusive. Um, my opinion on, on this is that the, the more Meet Magentos the better it is for Meet Magento and probably the worse it is for the organizer. Um, yeah. In terms of Midwest, um, I don't know why there wouldn't, I, I don't know why we couldn't have one. Uh, and I think now with the way uh, conferences are changing, the conference landscape is gonna be more hybrid and maybe even more competitive. Like for example, uh, if, if there is a Meet Magento New York in October, and then there's always the Adobe Summit in the spring, that would it make sense to do one in the middle of the year? You know, would it like maybe the summer would be something in, in Chicago or in um, Milwaukee or Minneapolis. And then obviously, Florida needs one in the winter. <laughs> um, we all need to know. Where, where are you located? So I'm in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So a Midwest in Chicago would be very convenient for you. It would. Well, I thought too about um, if it was just meet Magento Midwest, you could rotate cities. Yeah. If it was Chicago one year. Um, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Des Moines, Kansas City, um, and you could have some of the local people there kind of put it on. And it could be something different than Meet Magento. Um, I know Adobe Commerce was doing something, um, I think it was called Magento Champions in the last like six months they put sign up for. And that was supposed to be more local, I thought. Um, yeah, regional. Regional, yeah. Did you sign up to be a champion? Uh, I think I did. Um, and then I, I didn't hear anything. But um, so I, I haven't heard any, well, I haven't heard anything about anybody becoming that. So I thought, uh, you know, a rotating Midwest one would be, would be nice. Yeah, I think Midwest PHP has always been in Minneapolis. It's just because we're better than Chicago. I think that's really <laughs> what it is, or at least warmer. Um, Might be right uh, now. 
Um, so, and then I think the other thing you had mentioned, it would be great to have a hackathon for merchants. Tell us that what you kind of see on that, like, how would you attract a merchant to a hackathon? I think it would be depending on the size, interesting to have merchants be able to throw out their current issues and hear other merchants talk about how they solved them. Um, the, what I'm thinking about right now, like the, where I would be curious hearing from other merchants is how do they do their quotes? Um, we are on Magento for e-commerce, but then our ERP is NetSuite. Right now I have all of our quoting go into NetSuite. Should I have that go into Magento? I'd be curious to see what other companies do or where they've had luck or if they do it the way we do it. Or they yeah, keep and, the quote into the ERP. Yeah, and you know, and, and actually an interesting idea would be for merchants to really give merchants value would be if you were to do something like a um, more of an unconference idea where the merchants could go in and vote on their things that they would like to discuss. And yeah. maybe it could be something specifically around features. And then there'd also be uh, Magento solution specialists. So maybe you divided a conference or you divided it up between merchants and, and Magento people. And then we could all come together and, and brainstorm some ideas around that. And, and it, it, honestly, that's a great topic. Where do I do my quotes? Um, and I, I think the difficult part is every ERP is a little bit different. So you can't just say, is it in that suite or would be, yeah. or Magento be a better solution? Or would it be, you know, somebody might have a very niche ERP that's really designed for quotes for their business. And in that case, it might make more sense to use the APIs to connect with Magento. I will say that the, the, AP, the Adobe Commerce B2B module is very good for interacting with your client to come up with that final price and some of those interactions using the interface. I don't know how well the NetSuite part of it works for quoting, but you know, even if you were to bypass the internals and use the interface from Magento that tied into NetSuite, that's, uh, that might be another good solution. Uh, but having said that, the, the idea of this sort of conference or unconference or whatever you want to call it would be to bring uh, merchants that are interested in getting more solutions for their Adobe Commerce or Magento open source store and Adobe solution specialist, business expert, business practitioners, or whatever the new name is today for, <laughs> you know, architects that are involved in the day-to-day -day business side of machine things, but also know the technical side to come up to help merchants find solutions. And a, a room full of people will bring a room full of solutions, which means there could be a lot of things that somebody else isn't seeing that's very evident as a great solution that nobody thought about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that would be really interesting. Um, but it's, as I think we're gonna find out with some of the association work, 
I don't know how you would get all of the merchants, their names or emails in the Midwest to, uh, to invite them to this. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that would be uh, I mean, obviously there'd have to be some commercial um, there's always a commercial side to things and th mm. that's where you get your sales pitches. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. So that, you know, I guess the pitch would be, Hey, not only as a merchant, you're as a merchant, you're going to be, you're going to be able to bring out, you're going to be able to ask for solutions. And in that you're going to get people that are experts that are going to give you an unbiased response to your ask. And by the way, there's going to be sponsors that are going to want to talk to you about <laughs> tax solutions and shipping solutions and payment solutions. You know, I, obviously the merchant doesn't have to know that, but the, I mean, I, I think that's at the end of the day, the bulk of the cost of those conferences is is from is paid for from the sponsors, yeah. not from the attendees. So, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, so, you you did talk a little bit about having to retheme your site. The big topic out there right now is the Hufa theme. How, number well, so why don't you say it? Hufa. Oh, okay. So, yeah, good. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know how many times we've had different pronunciations on the show, but certainly that is the topic at hand. And um, so tell me some experiences you've had with the Hoofa theme and uh, what you'd like to see out of that. Well, I initially thought we were going to go the PWA route. Um and I think the PWA, uh, it looks it looks great if done done right. Um, but just kind of asking around on you know Twitter and some different forums and stuff like that, nobody said it was easy, or even relative. Like the answer was always it's extremely difficult, and you have to. Um, you really have to be a, a full-time developer for it. Um, and I, I just can't do 40 hours a week of developing. That's just not, not my reality. Um, so I kept reading about this Hoofa theme and then I started looking into it and I really think there's a lot of potential, um, for merchants out there with this, for people like me, who um, I understand the theming in Magento, I can um, do most any of the front end work, but I don't have the time to do a full React front end. Um, and so I think it's it's perfect for merchants. What I wish was out there more was uh, information. Um, so if you go to their website, you can see what extensions that they have it working for. Um, and what I would like to see from them is a, a basic demo of, I have an extension, um, and it's not on their list. What would it take for me to make it, um, theme friendly? Um, I'd, I'd like to see that because I think right now 
all of their documentation is behind a paywall. So I yeah. can't even look at docs to do any research. So I'm kind of going in blind, which worries me a little bit. Um, the people who have built this and um, people like Fanicop, like they are so smart um, and they know any of this development so much better than I do. But if they don't document anything, I don't, I may struggle benefiting from their work. So that's kind of what I'd like to see. Yeah. And I, I did just interview Vinay last week. So that'll come out in a couple of weeks. So that's, it's a good listen. And he has very strong uh, opinions about PWA and I'll let you listen to the show. I won't spoil anything. Um, and I agree that um, there has to, there has to be some more upfront uh, information about it and helping merchants understand how well this is going to benefit them. Uh, because I think a lot of this is still community buzz and, and a lot of community, uh, a lot of community support and a push from that. Uh, and I, and I, and as I understand it from Willem, there is a matrix that is out there that also gives, you know, like enterprise features. Um, yep. I can say that, you know, our developers, some developers are, are quite black and white in when they see something. And for example, it said B2B is not covered on Hoofa. And so he said, absolutely not. We're not using this for this new build. We're going to go to, you know, use the built-in blank theme or something or whatever. And it could be that, you know, I know that a lot of those features are being developed by other people and, and collaborating and getting some of those features in for Hoofa. Um, but I think you bring up a great point on having some simple tutorials uh, that will help any developer learn how they can make those features work and that'll give everybody a good comfortable feeling in when they dive in and need to build like the, I, I don't believe the quoting feature is done yet on the front end or even the quick order feature from b2b so it would be great that you know you would know that this this is what has to be done from a theming side and it's going to you know, th these are the steps you need to take. And then from there you can help and, and assess how much time that's going to take you to do. Yeah. I think Vinay's argument is that even if it doesn't exist, it's better to use it and build those features yourself than to use a Luma theme and deal with uh, four and six second load times indefinitely. <laughs> you're, you're never going to, you know, even uh, Yissa, uh, Ritzma, who I talked to quite a bit, uh, has has said consistently that you are going to spend more time trying to make the old themes work faster than you would building the new theme, period. And maybe Willem said that as well. And they, they could be right. I'd just like to see it. I, I believe um, the the Yurio training isn't until September because otherwise I would have, there was one in June, but we were, um, I just moved. So that wasn't a great time to start training, but if there was one in July, um, I would have taken it and seen, is this what I'm looking for? But yeah. So 
that's yeah, the we, only one I think of. We can help. Uh, we can start help promoting that process. And I'm a big, big believer in HUFA and and what it can do for people. So uh, I think that I'm I'm very excited about this theme, uh, especially the speed and how fast it's going to uh, respond. And I feel like every single Magento 2 merchant out there should be now thinking about, number one, can I get this done before uh, Black Friday? Or, you know, can this be done before October? And the answer should be yes. You know, I think that the retheming can be done still if we started today, uh, July, August, September, you know, would be enough time to redo a uh, a, a somewhat standard store uh, and have that done by September. So I think if you're a merchant, you could, you should be looking at this theme and getting it done uh, and doing and starting now. If you're a B2B merchant, there are some complexities that will need to get done. However, I'm told within the next six months, they'll have full coverage of both Magento, Adobe Commerce, Magento Open Source and B2B. So I think that all those things everybody's been hoping for uh, will be completed by then. I'd, I'd really like to, to take advantage of that. And I wouldn't mind contributing either. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it takes to contribute. I don't know how, um, how difficult it is. So I, that's something I would really like to see because it, it makes a lot of sense. And we, speed, it matters for every website. I feel like it matters a lot more in B2C than B2B. Our ideal um, customer is somebody who is sitting, is a purchasing agent who's sitting at their desk. Um, if you're a buyer for a large company, you are probably not doing a lot of, your, you know, buying off an iPhone. You're sitting at a desk with two monitors going through your purchases. But the last year with COVID, I think with more of our potential buyers working uh, remote, we have seen an increase in phone and tablet traffic. I think there are people who maybe were sitting at their desk who might now be sitting on their iPad at home. They just find that more comfortable. And so we need to meet that, that speeding demand. Yeah, speed. and I think the reality too is there's quite a few B2B users that are maybe on the road and we've, we've built out specific, or specific uh, um, applications that run on a tablet that a, that a salesperson can use in, in, the, in the field, literally sometimes in the field. Yeah. <laughs> for them to do those transactions on a, on a specific layout that's on a tablet. And, uh, you know, I think um, I, did a, I did an interview with Christian Munch. He's the person who, who invented Mage Run, now Mage Run 2. Yep. You know, he has, a, he, he has something he's working on where it's a hybrid PWA and, and traditional Magento theming some of those solutions might also be good for what a lot of merchants need. If you have a specific, uh, you know, if you have something specifically that you want to do just on a tablet, Magento gives you that ability to do a PWA 
for that specific tablet while still having a traditional website and the rest of your store. Um, I mean, I guess the bottom line is that there's so much you can still do and grow with Magento that it's very exciting. Not to sound like a big Magento commercial. <laughs> it um, works well for us. Yeah, you know, I'm always curious about how you're developing on Magento. Uh, are you using a local environment on your Mac or are you using Docker or Warden or what are you doing? Uh, so my day-to-day, um, I use Linux, um, I think Ubuntu, um, and then I use PHP Storm, and then I have a dev site um, where I do most of my work. So your standard workflow is work on your local machine and you're using Linux, which is native. So you don't have to have anything special installed. Uh, You can run Elasticsearch on your local, just like anything else. Yeah. So, so pretty, pretty standard. Um, I think as what we've seen as an agency is that as you add a larger team, it gets more complicated as you grow. have you tried anything like the MDoc, the remote development environments? I haven't yet, but I'd like to. Um, because I honestly, local, I do the basics. Um, because trying to run Magento locally can be kind of difficult. So get the basics out of the way and then get it up to dev to do any of my testing. Sure. Yeah, good. Um, how about... Um, uh, we talked a little bit about um, uh, how the the ERP and Magento interact interact with each other. What sort of processes do you take, or what kind of decision mechanisms do you take to distinguish between the back or the your ERP system and your and Magento or Adobe Commerce, and, and where some of those things should live. That uh, is constantly evolving. Um, right now, most everything is done in our ERP. Um, and then we use um, Soligo to connect Magento to, to NetSuite. And we're trying to make them work together a little bit more and a little bit better. Um, from a timing perspective, last year we were all sent home mid-March to work remote. And then the first week of April, we started our NetSuite uh, implementation. We migrated from um, Microsoft Dynamics Nav to NetSuite. So they work together, but they're still two pretty separate systems. And we want to, to work on getting them uh, working more together. Okay. But we just went, I think it was the last first week in November, we went live with NetSuite. So we haven't been up on it too long. Um, but most stuff's done out of NetSuite right now. Got it. Okay. And, and just kind of circling back with the Magento Association, um, how would merchants get involved? Uh, I know that you said one of your big things is to get merchants involved. How would they get involved with the Magento Association? Right now, I think it's just signing up. Um, 
I would like to get um, personally like a monthly call of of merchants um, to just discuss different ideas and brainstorm. Um, but we there's nothing like that set up right now. I don't think we're we're too far off from that though. Um, but yeah, right now there's just not there's not a lot, and that's what we're trying to change. Okay, I've got an idea for that, uh, so we can talk that we can talk about that right at the end of the show, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and go over that. Um, so as as we have uh, uh, just a little bit of time left here, tell us. Um, some of the things you're using for resources around the Magento and maybe something that even some resources that would help not only developers, but architects use to help better uh, architect their Magento instances. So one of the things that uh, I started doing was studying for the solution specialist test. Um, this was right before the ERP implementation. Um, so I use a lot of the Swift data resources for that. Um, that's there. And uh, he also, I believe, has a book that came out last week. So I have that on order. And I believe he also has a podcast. Um, I've used mage2.tv. And the one I'm looking at now is some of the Mark, um, Mark Schust courses. Um, I actually, I think the association just sent out an email today about some webinars he's putting on about becoming a Magento developer, which I would, uh, I'd like to take, um, to take some of those courses. It's nice now that there actually are resources because about two years ago, there was nothing. Um, there were no podcasts, no books. It was, there just wasn't a lot, but that's really changed. Um, I'd like to learn a little bit more about becoming a developer. And that's, I'm struggling finding resources there. What do you mean by becoming a developer? Like I said, I could do some of the basics of backend, but I'd like to, to really understand it a little bit more. Um, and there is a, I think there's a hole in materials out there, which is one of the reasons I think Magento 2 can be kind of difficult for some people to learn. Um, almost everybody I have talked to has a background in PHP and JavaScript, um, you know, MySQL and stuff before working with Magento. So if you tried, and it's been a little bit since I've, I've tried, but um, back when it was like, I think Magento U, and I took one of their development courses, everything was based on having a whole bunch of previous experience in PHP. But if you take, you know, a PHP course and then you start working on Magento right after, it's, uh, it can be a little bit difficult. 
because they look very different. So um, that is a hole in resources I'd like to see filled. And I'm wondering if that um, Mark Schuston, I hope I'm saying that right. Yep. I'm hoping his course might fill that because I'd really like to, to use that as a resource. Yeah, and then you mentioned Mage 2 TV. That's a great resource from Vinay. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, even you're saying even that resource is a little bit more for somebody that, that already is a PHP developer? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the Magento, so the associate Magento developer, which I think now is the professional Adobe certified developer, that, that beginning, that first level uh, certification that you can get um, that one does expect that you have six months of magenta of a PHP experience to mm -hmm. start doing that. But the expectation of that class is also that you should be able to pass that exam once you've taken that class. Yeah, I'd, uh, and, and that might be, be worth some looking into. Um, there was another one that I was looking at. That just escaped me. Oh, the other one I wanted to mention, the solution specialist test. I do wish, it says business practitioner. Um, and I've taken some of the practice tests and I struggle in the same areas. And I wish, uh, because I think that's more geared for somebody who works for an agency and not necessarily a merchant. Um, one of the areas I struggled in was taxes. We use Avalara, so working with the um, the internal Magento tax systems, I just, I've never touched it. Um, and I'd be curious to how many merchants actually use that after the Wayfair decision. It seems like almost everybody would be forced to use like a Vertex, Avalara, or tax jar, or something like that. Um, the GDPR, we don't we don't do anything overseas, so I wasn't too familiar with that. And then we also use single store, so there's a lot of different views. Yeah, I I think the reality is that they do want people to have a broad view of what Magento can do, and so they do touch on a lot of areas. And you know, I think that last test I was involved in helping write and uh, we all sat around a little room in Florida and uh, and tried to come up with difficult questions for people to answer. No, I shouldn't say that. We, we, we came up with insightful questions for people to answer. Um, so yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That, that is meant for a broad audience to become that solution specialist. Um, I have always advocated for maybe in a like one, like I think they're calling this professional or expert. There should be one that is more of an entry level that does would include maybe just open source uh, and be less specific on some of those, those deeper details uh, that you wouldn't need to know yeah. the deep track on the B side of Magento <laughs> to put it into record yep, terms. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I, did, um, I learned quite a bit studying for that test so it's i'd recommend it yeah and and again swift daughter is one of our sponsors and i'm very excited always to um 
to talk about Joseph and and I do have his new book that he just sent me so uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet but uh, uh, Swift Daughter um, is a great resource for a developer for a solution specialist for for an agency who needs uh, all their developers to pass those tests and it's a great place to do some practice tests and uh, everything around that he does such a fantastic job so uh, hats off to Joseph and yep. team. My book's on the way. Good. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're nearly out of time here. Um, uh, you know, if you had uh, some kind of nugget you could give to a merchant in your position, what would you tell them? Uh, one would be limit your customization. Um, but two, kind of an interesting uh, reading you're looking for things to learn about the buying process is behavioral economics. There's a book called Nudge, um, which is just really, really good. Um, and I'd recommend that. Okay. And do you have the author edition coming out soon? Uh, of Nudge is Richard Thaler. Okay. Yeah. I'll put uh, that work, in the show notes. I would do that. And then if you enjoy that, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman is one that uh, is is really interesting. All right. Really interesting. Excellent. Um, all right. So as we close out today, uh, you have a chance to do a shameless plug about anything you want. Why don't you give us a shameless plug? Uh Guess if you're looking for uh, industrial automation equipment, come to wolfautomation.com. All right. And what would be a piece of equipment that one could purchase? What's your favorite a piece? Variable of frequency drive. Oh. The VFD, variable frequency drive. That is fantastic. Have you ever seen the show The Patriot? It's on Amazon Prime. No. It's a show about this guy who is a CIA guy and he has to fake a job at a piping plant and he, <laughs> and he makes up all kinds of terms. It's hilarious. Uh, it's somewhat serious, but also very hilarious. It's called the Patriot. That's my, that's my uh, two cents. If you're looking for a show to watch and I'll, I'll put the show notes in there. They, they make up all these different flange things and stuff. And I, for whatever reason, they're not, I, I, there's loads of little quotes you can, Uncle Buck is the next biggest quotable movie that you could get, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to derail our podcast here with uh, with show quotes. Um, so, my my shameless plug today is that I am promoting a unconference, just as we talked about earlier in the show, in Orlando, Florida. Right now, our target date is around January twenty first, twenty twenty two. And we would like to put together an unconference. I've had some commitment already from Mage Docs, from the Magento folks, uh, to have some people there if if they're allowed to travel at that point. Uh, and we would also have a hackathon around that. So um, you know, both kind of things uh, coming together where we're getting merchants to help out in finding or even asking for solutions, and and then having Magento experts there that could help 
brainstorm ideas of how those would happen. And I think our ultimate goal is a lot of those things could happen with as little as little programming as possible. And who knows, maybe even come out of the conference with some wicked uh, modules that do something super fun. Uh, yeah. Maybe automate the flange circumference of a, uh, of a, of a machine automation tool. Um, and uh, yeah, so again, um, Tyler, I thank you for being here today. And uh, I was very insightful and learning about your store. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, just uh, as, a, as a closing here, Tyler Jensen is a system architect with Wolf Automation. They sell industrial automation equipment. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. TalkCommerce is brought to you by eWay Corp. Cloud is a new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.